morning, everybody. How's it going? Can you hear me okay? Raise your hand if you can hear me. I just like Chris doing that, so I thought I'd do it too. Good to see you guys. Welcome, uh, Glendale. I don't know why God is punishing you with me speaking again, but He is. So there's that. I am a little annoyed at you guys. I was planning on doing the same sermon I did a couple of weeks ago. Chris told me last night, I'm like, whoa, maybe I should have prepared. Reese texted me this morning that you were coming here. I'm like, wow, Reese, thank you. 8 a.m. Uh, you guys seem happy. Uh, Pac-12 did pretty good this week, right? USC won. Beat Utah? That was surprising, to be honest, right? A little surprising. Right? There is a God. Last night, I, uh, I turned the UCLA game off at 49-17. to And I took some time to try to prepare how to console Marty for another horrible loss. And I got a text this morning from Ben about, wasn't it amazing that UCLA won? I'm like, what? Some of you guys, do you know what I'm talking about? UCLA won? I think it's the Glendale people annoyed that I'm speaking still. You know, I need feedback here. I need to know. Oh, soccer. You want me to talk about soccer? I don't know anything about soccer. Dodgers baseball. Yeah. So... Open your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7. Uh, as, you, as you probably know, what I primarily tend to do when I speak is uh, share with you stuff that I'm learning for myself. Right? Uh, one of the reasons that I was going to share the sermon I did a couple of weeks ago today was because we've been going through the parables. Right? And what did I, Glendale, what did I speak about when I spoke a couple of weeks ago? I knew you wouldn't know. I could do it again. I could do that sermon again and you wouldn't even recognize it. I knew that. Doggone it. Prepared a whole new one. I ought to just flip the pages back to that one. I knew it. Parable of the Minus. And so I've actually finished uh, studying through Luke and I, I started studying through Matthew. And yes, that's not in biblical order, so sue me, but... I've been studying the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, there's a lot. There's a lot there, so obviously I can't you know, study through the whole thing with you. But let me give you a little backdrop if I could. Is that okay? Because we're going we're gonna to focus on Matthew chapter 7. And uh, the title of the lesson is Judging and Asking. Judging and Asking. Already sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Thank you, all six of you. <laughs> Enthusiastic souls. The same ones that were excited about the marriage retreat. Thank you. Same people. It's always the same. You can count on. Always the same, Chris. I don't know if I can count on you. I don't hear you too much down there, Chris. I'm going to got my eye on you, though, during this sermon. So, chapter 5 of the Sermon on the Mount is more about being. So you have the Beatitudes, right, in, in chapter 5 of the Sermon on the Mount. You have the, you have heard it said, 
Right? There's several things where Jesus is saying, well, you've heard it said, do not murder. You've heard it said, do not commit adultery. And so sometimes I think as, as Christians, we read the Old Testament and we're like, wow, that God was rough. I'm glad He became a Christian in the New Testament and settled on down a little bit, right? But the reality is Jesus said, right, in the Sermon on the Mount, He said, look, none of the law is going to be going away. I'm here to fulfill all of it. Right? So what he's really doing in Matthew chapter 5 is he's saying, you know, what, what the Lord tried to give us was not just a list of things to do, but a list of way to be. With me on that? And so Jesus clarified it for us in Matthew chapter 5, right? There you go. Did you all know that? Good, good. Then I'm just reconfirming it. In Matthew chapter 6, we have a chapter about our relationship with God. That entire chapter focuses on, or that part of the Sermon on the Mount, focuses on the acts of righteousness, right, in the beginning. By the way, that's like really great stuff. Uh, Acts of righteousness, giving, giving to the needy, prayer, fasting, and not just fasting, but You know, living a life of self-denial is the idea. And not a life of self-denial so everybody can see, but a life of self-denial so the Lord can see. Right? And He even says, which is so cool, hey, you're going to be rewarded for all these things. So the next time maybe you decide to skip a prayer time, think, wow, I'm skipping my reward. Just a thought. But there's so much cool stuff there. I was actually walking Bob this morning. Bob is my dog. You guys all know that, right? I don't use PowerPoint, by the way, but if I did, I'd have a picture of Bob right up there. Because I think that'd be so inspirational for you guys. Laid at my feet while I prepared this sermon for you. True friend of mine. I was walking Bob, uh, and, and a point of clarification. Um, I need some witnesses, babe, so I'm, I'm going to mention this to the whole group here. I've seen some of you people on Facebook refer to Bob as Connie's dog. Let me me clarify it. I prayed and Connie prayed and Connie found that dog and gave it to me. Now just to be on the safe side, a few weeks, months ago, we were going through some financial documents that we needed to sign. And I was filling out the financial documents and handing it to my wife and she was signing it. Well, I decided to slip one in that said, if anything ever happens between me and you and you leave me, Bob stays with me. And she signed it. And you're all my witnesses now. So I figure i got at least another good ten years with you, babe, because you're not going to leave Bob. I know that. Please do not refer to Bob as Connie's dog on Facebook. It hurts my feelings. Anyway, end of Matthew chapter 6 is Jesus' discourse on not worrying. Really, really good, by the way, right? Not worrying about anything. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear. And then He finishes with this line before we go and read Matthew chapter 7. He says, therefore, verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. In the spirit of that, 
Jesus says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! First, take the plank out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs, not thinking about Bob, but bad dogs, what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Wow. Right from do not worry about your life to oh by the way, don't worry about other people's lives either. Sometimes we read the Bible and we go, well, Jesus stopped talking at the end of Matthew chapter 6, and then He had something to eat, He had a little refreshment, and He picked it back up with a totally different idea in Matthew chapter 7. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think oftentimes we trouble ourselves with what's going on in other people's lives when we need to be minding our own dang business. I thought about not doing this, but what the heck, I haven't preached in a while, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. No bad words are involved, I'm not going to do anything like that. I got an email on Friday from a past client, and I want to read some of the discourse back and forth, and maybe it'll help you, maybe not, it's cathartic for me, so there you go. Remember I told you, this is all about me helping me. And by the way, if I say something to convict you or challenge you, good. Good, that is the hope. But that wasn't the plan, you know what I mean? 5 a.m. Friday morning. Good morning, Rob. Well, that started out nice, right? I purchased a program from blank. I won't say who. A representative of your company a few weeks ago. I should have known, going from the quote of $29,000 to $697, that this was a big red flag for me. I've gone on your website several times and there's no place for me to sign in. Quite frankly, I would just love to get my money back and be done with you people. It appears that you are more into selling than helping. I emailed blank yesterday. I still have not heard from him. Or how I sign in. If we can't get this resolved, I want a refund immediately. 5 a.m. Friday. Became a client on Thursday, by the way. One hour later. I try not to respond immediately to emails like this, because usually my response is not as Christian-like. One hour later. I have not heard from your organization. Except your daily promotions to sell me something. I do have a business. There is no place to sign in and watch your videos since you took my money. I should have guessed after speaking with Blank, who tried to sell me a $29,000 program, that this was a scam. 
I'm not going to tell you the name of this person. I'm just going to call him Ms. JP. JP stands for Judgy Pants. So I emailed her back. Couldn't stand it after the second email. One hour later, just got back from my walk with Bob. Prayer time. Doing great. Hello, Ms. JP. Seems we made a mistake. When you cannot even wait 24 hours for a response from your email and make comments like, it appears you are more into selling than helping and that we are a scam, clearly you are not a fit to work with me and my company. You have been refunded in full. Good luck. I wrote it about three times before I came down with this version. I think that's pretty Christian. Is that okay? I think that's pretty Christian. There are no words that I'm leaving out. Tom, pretty Christian? Alright, if Tom says pretty Christian, then I'm going to go with that. I don't care what you other judgy pants people say. <laughs> Emailed me right back. Thank you. Your response was uncalled for, however. Since I purchased this, just FYI, God bless Miss Judgy Pants. She said God bless. Where was the God bless when she was calling me a scam artist an hour ago? I emailed her back. <laughs> Your language escalated, Ms. JP. I simply responded. Our telephone number is right on our site, and I've responded to your email within an hour of you sending it. Good luck to you. God bless. <laughs> I must admit, my God bless was a little sarcastic. You know, sometimes when you come to conclusions about other people, right, without knowing the full facts, all you're really doing is projecting your own insecurity and sin onto someone else. And let me tell you something, don't be surprised if you don't get punched in the nose. I mean that figuratively, not literally, but sometimes literally, right? As you get older, like some of you in this room, not myself, I sense, I sense, I sense that, that you've been punched in the nose a few times and you're more quiet than you used to be. You know, I am too. You know, I look before I leap now. I try to pay attention before I open my mouth. Because I've judged a lot of people wrongly. I've opened my mouth a lot of times when I should have just... This is what you're doing, Rob. This is what you should be doing. See my little fingers? They're shut. Maybe we made a mistake. I mean, maybe she got the wrong login. I don't know. Approach with a different perspective without judging. I'll break my back for her. Now, I don't care if she wants to give me $100,000. I'm not taking it. And those of you that know me know that is the truth. I'm not going to work with someone like that. You've made your bed. Do you have a critical boss? Do you have a critical family member? Or maybe most of them. Do you have critical friends? 
How do you, how do you like being around them? Right? Can't wait for Thanksgiving, huh? Woo! Get to be around critical Uncle Larry. Can't wait for that. Wasn't thinking of you, Larry Wong, right there. Wasn't thinking of you. Lord, just put that in my mind right there. That's right. Can't wait to be around Him. You know, of this little list, critical boss, critical family, critical friends, do you know the one that really, you know, is kind of optional? Well, your family's not really optional. Maybe your job, eh, sometimes that optional. I, I would suggest looking for a new job if you hate your boss and your boss is a critical, judgmental fool. I'd recommend that. But that's not always optional. You know what is? Friends. You have a hard time making friends? Better look at yourself. They like you initially, but then, ooh, don't like you so much anymore? Maybe you're Mr. or Ms. Judgy Pants. And they say, you know, don't think I'm going to invite him over for Easter dinner this year. Honey, what do you think? I think that's a fine idea. (laughs) Jesus is pretty strong here in verse 5. Well, let's go back to verse 3. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite! Man, that's strong, isn't it? First take the plank out of your own eye, then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of ways to be described in life, and hypocrite has got to be one of the worst. You know what I mean? I mean, especially for a Christian, right? Or a follower of Jesus, right? Like Jesus is eating with the sinners and the tax collectors, right? And having a good time, and they're sinners, right? I imagine there's all kinds of sinners there, and there's tax collectors there. But the one you don't want to be is the hypocrite. Wow. That's strong. You know what's also strong? I think judgmental people tend to be the biggest hypocrites. I think that's why Jesus said this. I'm apolitical. Not going to talk about who you should vote for or why you should vote or if you should vote at all. God bless you. Do what you want to do. Do nothing. But I do watch the news from time to time. Try not to. But I watched this thing on Canada, and since we're in America, I figure I can talk about Canadian politics, right? What the heck? I'm not going to tell you who'd vote for in Canada. Ain't going to help anyway. But I watched this thing about Justin Trudeau recently. See all that? That stuff? What are they calling him? Hypocrite. Right? Oftentimes, the people that are most vocal about something are the ones hiding it. Isn't that funny how that works? Often the ones that got the biggest opinion about something have something that they are overcompensating for. They want to tell you how to live your life. They want to tell you how to do your thing. And you know what they should be doing? Shutting up and living theirs. Doing their thing. Judging themselves instead of judging other people. Jesus said, do not judge. you got enough trouble to worry about. you got enough difficulties to worry about. Don't look at other people and think what they're not doing right or what they're doing wrong. 
Don't do that. And don't do that in the church. God forbid we should do that with one another. Know what I mean? We've lived here eight years now. Man, what a great decision to move here. I love it. I love this spiritual family. I love you guys. This is so awesome. I love the diversity. I love the songs that we sing, even though I'm mumbling along with the Spanish. Right? And so were you, by the way. I saw you didn't know what the heck you were saying. Some of you are Spanish and you didn't know any dang words. So don't, don't, don't be judgmental of me. I see where this is going. Is the church perfect? Of course not. There's a, there's a famous saying, I would never be a part of a country club that I was allowed to be a member of. Think about that for just a moment. Who said that, Marty? No, you don't know that statement? It's one of the famous old comedians. I don't know if it was W.C. Fields or if it was one of the Marks. Was it Groucho? Groucho Marks, thank you. Yeah. You know what? That kind of spirit destroys places, right? To think, I would never want to be a part of a church that would allow me as a member. In one sense, right, we shouldn't be allowed as members. And the fact that we're allowed as members should make us so grateful that it takes our criticism of what might not be perfect completely and washes it away. It's like, this is awesome. They allow me to come every Sunday. Wow! I get to have my sins forgiven. I get to be with Jesus. Wow. Isn't that great? That's a church that we get to be a part of. You know, I've been to a lot of other churches. Did you know that? No one knew that? I've never said that, Chris. This is a really good one. You don't have to punch him. It's okay. I was looking for some feedback. I understand punching him, though. It seems like you do that regularly. Being able to see things that are wrong around you is not a very special gift. It's not. You know what a special gift is? Self-awareness. Write that down. You don't even have a notebook. How are you going to write that down? (laughs) Yeah. Get her to write it down for you. You know a great gift? Self-awareness. Awareness. The ability to judge who? Yourself. Man, is that hard to do. That is a special gift. That is a great gift. But judging those around us? Ooh, not a great gift. David's prayer, multiple prayers throughout the Psalms. One of them is in Psalm 139. He says, Search me, O Lord. Know me. He says, test me. Find the offensive way in me. Like, Lord, Lord, look in me. Let me deal with me. It's easy to look around and see all the mistakes and see all the faults. and say, That's an easy, that's a cheap gift. But looking inside, having the courage to judge yourself, wow, does that cost something. Know what I mean? That is costly. Find the offensive way in me. I think that's what Jesus is saying when He's saying do not judge. 
Right? I mean, Paul said later in the Bible, right? I think it was in 1 Corinthians, he said, look, are we not to judge those in the church? Of course. There is a sense of judgment. And you know, the reality is we judge every day. What should I wear? Hey, I look pretty good today, right? I judged well. Alright, well, I did my best, okay? We do it every day. So there is a sense that we judge. I think what Jesus is saying is, look, it's easy for you to judge and find fault in someone else. It's so easy to find that speck and miss that giant hunk of wood hanging out of your face. Right? Right? It's so funny, but it's funny. That's what He wants us to know. Judge. Don't do it. Judge yourself instead. Before we go on and talk about asking, this verse 6 is really interesting and I think it's worth a moment looking at it. Remember, all these things kind of flow together. So after he calls them hypocrites, those that are judgmental and critical, he says, take the plank out of your own eye and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So he alludes for just a second, fix yourself and then you can fix other people, right? Okay, but then he says this in verse 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. And do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Wow. Is that a pretty good visual or what? Imagine like... You know, a 500-pound angry boar coming at you and you tear off your pearl necklace and toss it to him, hoping that's going to work. No. They're going to trample them as they run to you and devour you. I have a saying. Unsolicited advice is rarely well-received and almost never followed. Want me to say that again? Like three of you are writing, so I'm going to go slow. Unsolicited advice. What is unsolicited advice? Hey, let me tell you my opinion, Larry, about what's going on in your life. Okay. Is rarely well received. Rarely well received. And is almost never followed. You got it now? Even if you have the best intentions, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) I know it sounds so weird, right? We're supposed to disciple each other and help each other. Yeah, yeah, to an extent. But we're going to get to that in just a second in this asking part. The truth is, most of the time we don't have the best intentions. Truth is. Right? That's the truth. Most of the time we don't. But even if we have the best intentions, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. You know why? It's not going to be received well. You're going to get an angry boar turning on you and they ain't going to follow it anyway. Right? Just the way it is. After a few years, you learn that. Try it a little while, teen. See how it works for you. Try it with all your girlfriends at school. Give them a little unsolicited advice. See how they like that. Talk about an angry boar. Oh my gosh. A teenage girl? Holy cow. A mob of teenage girls? God help you. Don't do that. Keep your mouth shut. Don't do this. Do this. It is terrifying, someone said. Thank you. 
A young man said that. Who, I don't know who said that. But more than likely a young man. Already wise beyond his years. Alright. Do you have the judging part down? Are you a judgmental person? Say no! Not very enthusiastic. Some of you need to work on it, don't you? Good. You're starting to get a little self-awareness. Awesome. Awesome. Let's go to the second part. Judging and asking. Verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jesus is really trying to make this crystal clear. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Listen to this though. It's weird. So, so, therefore, right? Let me conclude the thought. So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Does that seem confusing to any of you or is it just me? Really? Because this has always puzzled me, to be quite honest, a little bit. Because I've always read, ask, seek, and knock. And we're going to look in in Luke for just a second and look at the parallel passage of this. But I've always looked at ask, seek, and knock as part of my relationship with God. And certainly it is, right? In prayer, we're we're told to ask all things. We're we're told to come before God, certainly. But if if this were focused right there on relationship with God, then why does he go, okay, so in conclusion... Do to others what you would have them do to you. It's like, right? It's like, let me talk to you about all of this, and so in conclusion, something totally different. Do you see that? Or am I the only one fuzzy on the Bible here? Because it's bad if the only one who doesn't understand it is the preacher. Let me just say. That's bad. That is not good. Let me tell you what I think. Well, let's go over to Matthew. To, excuse me, to Luke chapter seven, Luke chapter eleven. Let's look at the parallel passage to this, because this is cool. This is the the same story, starting in verse five, but but Luke Luke includes something that Matthew didn't include, which is neat. So in verse five, during this time, then Jesus said to them, "Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend." Lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me! <laughs> Not a great friend, right? Don't bother me! The door's locked. Me and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you that even though he won't get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. Isn't that a great like two words together? Shameless audacity. I love that. He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, parallel passage, ask and it will be given to you. 
Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Going back to Matthew, because the Bible, right? Because what we're reading, these things are not separate thoughts. Because Jesus concludes this with the idea that we should do unto others as we would have them do unto us, one of the things that He's really trying to be clear to us about here is that we should be asking and relying on each other. So there's two trains of thought. There's two ideas here. There's two polar opposite kinds of people here that Jesus is referencing. There's the one that is judgmental, that has a giant hunk of wood hanging out of his face and wants to look around and see all the fault in the people around him. Because it's there, right? It's there. You got it. I got it, right? And then the polar opposite is the one who looks internally, instead of judging outwardly, judges inwardly and says, you know what? I got some needs in my life. I need to ask for some help. I need to seek for some counsel. I need to knock on some doors. And Jesus says, you know what? In fact, you need to knock with shameless audacity. You need to go and get the help that you need in your life. And you need to put aside your pride. Shameless audacity has no pride, does it? Right? Because it is shameless. You put aside your pride, which makes you Mr. or Ms. Judgy Pants. You put aside the pride, and you pick up your shame. And you say, you know what? I need some help. I need some help. Penny, I need some help. Right? That's what you're doing. It is about self-evaluation. So I told Larry I was going to give you a little pop psychology today, and I told him, keep your mouth shut, okay? So if you're a psychologist, you also keep your mouth shut. What do you ask for? You do self-evaluation, you see needs. What do you ask for? Well, what you ask for is completely dependent upon what you really need. Let me give you a little pop psychology. If you're an extroverted person by nature, you know, we're all different kind of naturally. And if you're... Thank you, Larry, for the confirmation on that. See that? Everything I'm about to say is right. That's what he's saying. So if you're an extroverted person... You know, a need that you're going to have kind of naturally in your life are friendships. But you know, extroverted people can also tend to be conformist and people pleasers to not lose those relationships. See, there's there's poles here. If you're a naturally agreeable person, then you really want intimate relationships. While disagreeable people... They want to look good and they want to win. You know the interesting thing? When I think of Jesus and I put Him in this 
if, if this were a continuum of some kind? I don't think of Jesus as an overly agreeable person, do you? But on the other hand, I don't think of Jesus as an overly disagreeable person, do you? No. Being too disagreeable is a weakness. Being too agreeable is a weakness. If you're a neurotic person by nature, you want security. You're dying for security. And sometimes you will hook your wagon to all the wrong places for the semblance of security. The same could be said about open people, closed people, self-centered people, giving people, creative people. Right? So, you must do some self-evaluation. And if you can't do it yourself, then you can certainly call Larry, and Larry can help you do a little psychological evaluation. But this is something you can do. Take a step back and look at your marriage. You can look at it. And you can compare it to someone else that has far from perfect, but a great marriage. Can you do that? Right? You can take a step back and look at your finances. And if they're not where you want them to be, you can look at somebody whose finances are in order. No matter how much money they make or don't make. If you're not excelling on your job, you can look at someone that is and compare it to yourself. If you don't have the friendships, if you don't have the family, if you don't have the fill in the blank that you want, when you self-evaluate and you judge, you can find people in this room right now. Right now! That can help you in every one of those areas. Do you know that? Is that great? Say, that's great, Rob! That is the truth! It is the truth! It is the truth. It's only going to happen if you stop judging others and instead make a judgment and ask for yourself. You can fix it. Right? You can. You can keep praying about it and I suggest you should. But you know what? When God keeps sending you rescue parties and you keep saying no to Him, then guess what? He's done answering your prayer. Right? He's already tried. Like I put a whole group of people around you that can help you. Humble yourselves, not to me, but to them. Shameless audacity. So, I said before, hey, if you have a desire to give somebody else unsolicited advice, you should do what? Keep your mouth shut. But you know what? If we're all asking each other for help, that's the time to offer. That's the time to serve. That's the time to give. We have to put down our pride. We need to put down whatever sense of how other people are going to view me and say, you know what? I don't have bread in the house and i got this friend that came on a long journey and I am going to shamelessly get the help that I need. 
By the way, you don't need to be desperate, nor should you be desperate before you begin asking these questions. You know what I'm saying? Just look around and compare and say, wow, he is good at this. Wow, she is good at that. Wow, look at their family. Wow, look at their marriage. Wow, why aren't we where we need to be? Oh, it's me! It's not the church didn't help me. I just told the whole church, don't help that fool. Right? You heard that. Blame it on me then. I said, don't help that person. You keep your advice to yourself or they'll turn on you and tear you to pieces. Instead, you deal with you and you go to people for help. You know what you'll find? Man, you'll find open arms. Won't you? You'll find people that love and care and will serve and give to you in every way possible. So if you don't have the things that you want in your life, friends, family, deep relationships, intimate relationships, finances being in order, something that would make God proud in our lives, a way to really give back and serve, feeling like you're using your gifts and talents, then it's time to start looking around and asking. And guess what? Probably after this, no one's going to offer you any advice until you do. Know what I'm saying? So in everything, we'll sum it up with this, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Hey, I hope today was helpful for you. If it didn't help you, it did help me. So there you go. God bless you guys and have an awesome Sunday together.